there's this weird attitude towards like this like lack of consideration for the emotional well-being of men men get a lot of quantitative attention they don't get a lot of qualitative attention Mm. okay people who aren't men see men getting lots of attention and they're like why do you have these problems you've got all of this attention but guys aren't necessarily getting the quality of attention that they need and they don't have the language to ask for it or describe it and i think that what what's frustrating is this idea of like being a man and masculinity and what that looks like impairs the ability to recognize quality attention it impairs the ability to acknowledge Mm. those things and i think these examples that we have are women saying try this this is what you need and because it's at conflict with being a man guys have been like nah i'm good none for me thanks it's a red flag that's the good thing about getting assassinated you never know until it's like until you wake up dead wake up seeing prince perform you know that's how i want to wake up you know at a hendrix concert <laughs> what we were saying last time when dom was on you just wake up at a kobe bryant game <laughs> like oh <laughs> shit that's pretty good <laughs> chadwick boseman is at the front is at the um fuck what's the thing that they sit on the front line you know what i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> like three different sports went through my head when you say that. I'm like, are we talking about war? Are we talking about right. yeah. like, what am I? What is the thing I'm thinking of? The sideline, courtside, courtside. I get maybe, maybe like you know how like like where Ethan Hawke was like flirting with Rihanna, whatever that area of courtside space is. Courtside, okay. Oh fuck. Hey, that's not that's not terribly far off. That's not far off. I did pretty well, man. Oh, I did pretty well. For a second, I was ready to just roll with it because because I know you guys live in the states, and I was like, yeah, that sounds like what they would call it. Like I was just yeah, right on the front line, right on the front lines. Pretty visceral, yeah. you know. <laughs> that's true. It, it is a warmongering country. That's not that's not uh, <laughs> that's not inaccurate. Um, fuck it. Let's just go ahead and get into the podcast. That was a great start. Welcome everybody to Waving the Red Flag, the number one um, dating and basketball uh, podcast in the universe. <laughs> it's your boy Eddie. <laughs> Is Josh, is Alvin, joined today by the illustrious, fantastic Mr. Fox. Hit him with some air horns, you know what I'm saying? As That's true. The Bahamian Toronto man's sensation. <laughs> <laughs> sleeper, oh, sleeper Bahamian. Sleeper Bahamian. <laughs> <laughs> he gets activated when you say certain shit. Right. <laughs> you say curry, goat, and roti right next to each other. <laughs> Winter Soldier just activate. Boomba! <laughs> Everything going to be airy, I promise. John Boo, the way things got to be. Oh, shit. <laughs> Bahamian activated. Oh, shit. That's Jason Bourne. Oh, God. Okay. Um, cool. Well, how, how, are, you, how are you feeling, Finn? Can I call you Finn? Feeling pretty sure? good. Is that? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, please. Okay, okay. yeah. Cool. That's, yeah, Fantastic Mr. Fox every time would get kind of tiring, actually. It'd be a lot That's what I was yeah. going for. I was going to say Fantastic Mr. Fox every time I refer to you, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to stop. call quest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Yo, I, I just finished watching your uh, your Batman is, uh, is Bisexual video, and that shit was good. And I was, 
as I was watching it, I was like, oh yeah, no, definitely asexual. That's my conclusion, hundred percent. Like that, that made sense as the most accurate description of the right? character. Yeah. yeah, but it also seemed like a little bit of a like a <clears throat> like it was accidentally the case. Like you know when a writer writes something, but they don't know what they're writing. Like they don't know what the natural conclusion of the setup of events that they've made is. But the way Batman has been written, it's like asexuality makes the most sense in the mythos they've created. But he's, yeah. um, <clears throat> by default, I would say he's, he's straight. Like the way they write him and the way they, because he's this male power fantasy or whatever, they're like, yeah, cool, we got to have him fuck some ladies to make it make sense. But it really doesn't make sense <clears throat> with his mythos. Uh, Bruce Wayne was getting hella tram, but Batman, the actual character Batman, is, mm. that, is that the person that we're saying is, uh, is bi? Well, I think the argument that he, that Finn made in this video was like, as if Finn's Bruce. Not here. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, how, wait, but, oh well, yeah. Yes, well, yes, oh, I, I'm, I'm answering for yeah. Okay, all right, my fault. Yeah, you're right. Yes, yes. I actually like I like hearing what other people took away. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, because I probably got it wrong. Well, no, you you yeah, tell it. Talk about me. Talk about me. I watch that. I know Batman. I can. I'm a Batman expert. You do. You do know Batman. Like, let's let's not let's not sleep on your skills. You do know Batman. Let's not play with your boy. But all right, Finn, you got it. I, yeah, you're the guest on the podcast. I should, I, I'm here every week. You go. <laughs> so basically, my argument is that, uh, like, first of all, Batman doesn't actually have any sexuality because Batman doesn't fucking exist. So Batman True. is the sexuality of whatever the writer wants him to be at a given time, right? So so from that, like, the way people get really defensive, they're like, oh, no, Batman, he, he's a straight man. He's straight. He has to be straight. It's like, well, no, he's whatever the writer wants him to be at any time. When it comes to, like, how he's actually written, so asexuality isn't really like super well understood outside of a lot of queer spaces and even within a lot of queer spaces but asexuality is just a lack of sexual attraction like there can be you know asexual people who still have romantic relationships there's asexual people who still have sex but they don't necessarily experience like sexual attraction and my argument that i kind of make is that you know batman doesn't he doesn't experience sexual attraction so when bruce wayne is and in fact many asexual people will like kind of really many queer people in general will play along in like a sort of heterosexual narrative to like fit in and just kind of survive in this sort of compulsory heterosexual society that we have right so a lot of asexual people do the same thing so bruce the fact that he has lots and lots of sex with women as bruce wayne is specifically framed as him performing bruce wayne he's performing the billionaire playboy so when you remove that aspect of it who is he underneath Batman. He doesn't care about sex. He doesn't care about attraction. That's just not really something that's important to him. So my I'm just as sexual. Is, that's what he is. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Like he's just. He's yeah. That's he. He is driven by things other than sex, and the sex is a performance so that nobody catches on. That's yep. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> word for word, bar for bar. Bar for bar. <laughs> no but yeah no but you said it very very well in that video like yeah the whole like him fucking mad people is like it seems one. fake yeah that yeah. was good and was see because here's the video. thing ask yourself the question would batman have sex with a man if it meant like for the mission absolutely yeah he absolutely would he performs sex if, he, if it was the only thing between him and vengeance was but man butthole he would 100 percent dive right in he would probably has yep. lube in the utility belt, ready to go just in those situations. I would Always say prepared. like the only the only pushback I would have for that because I think that I think that gets us probably ninety eight percent of the way there. There okay. are times 
where like I have read that he was like attracted to Selena Kyle, for example. Mm. Yeah. As Batman. As, as as Batman and as Bruce Wayne, because they they they've met as as themselves, as like out of out of costume, like before. So like that would be probably the the one thing where I would say maybe that throws a wrench into it. But I think again, like there are so many iterations of Batman, so many different like reformulations, yes. so many different writers, so many different imaginations of that whole character. I would say that what Finn said actually does, to my knowledge, fit about ninety eight percent of 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 Batman as we know it. Yeah, no, that's true. Cause, cause there's there have been several situations where it felt like Batman was like overwhelmed by his own sexuality, which is a very non-Batman thing to do. But it, it's happened where he's like fucked somebody that he shouldn't have, mm-hmm. in a situation where he yeah. knew that he shouldn't, but did Damn anyway. And mom. that, yeah, he was raped in that situation. From what, he, I yeah, that was that okay. was it um, was yeah. I, I, but but like Bruce Tim, like Bruce Tim's obsession with like shipping Bruce Wayne and and Barbara Gordon, that was so weird. Mm. Like he yes, he, I was gonna say that definitely so seemed like a like when he fucked was she Batgirl at the time or but yeah, uh, just yeah. when they fucked yeah. it seemed like a is that, him is that making canon, a decision that he or is that have. or is that just like the fucked up killing joke? Because I'm I'm not because sh- I know that that like when, oh, when he fucked okay. Barbara Gordon in Killing Joke, that's not that's the animated film, and I don't know if that's necessarily canon because he didn't do that in the actual Killing Joke. It's technically oh, animated series canon. So, like, okay. it's canonical within, like, uh, Batman the Animated Series to Batman Beyond. Um, it's why uh-huh. Dick and Bruce had a falling out. Gotcha. gotcha. Okay. Damn. Because he, he fucked one of the mentees. That's crazy, bro. You can't recruit so, somebody off the so streets into your, <laughs> into your crime fighting organization and then lay dick on him. That's, that's honestly ridiculous. That's, it's an <laughs> abuse of power, it, and it was his son's yeah. girlfriend, too. It's oh, like, that's, that's crazy. That's so that's crazy. Ugh, no. That's P. Diddy so shit. So out of character. Up. Not my Batman. Not my Batman. Not my but Batman. my pushback to that, <laughs> my pushback to that two percent is like what Finn said at the beginning, which is that it's a comic book, and that's like the Stan Lee philosophy of like whoever would win or whatever would happen is just based on whatever the writer will do but my view is like sometimes writers write characters wrong or in ways that vary hugely from like the average of what that character's essence is yes so sometimes batman gets written in ways that vary drastically he kills or he's stupid or he's uh, whatever he's like a little bit different than so that seems like in general, on average, he seems completely either in control of his sexuality or he manufactures it fakely in order to achieve goals, but doesn't actually feel any arousal to men or women about anything. He's just the epitome of married to the game. Like, that's just his yeah. whole personality, it seems like. Yeah. I also argue his, his interest in Selena comes from other things. Like, mm. it wasn't it wasn't an attraction and then... Like, you know, sexual attraction followed by a relationship. It was more like she kind of, he was really ready to, in, you know, the, the examples that I can call to mind, kind of like dismiss her, brush her off, brush her off. But they developed a relationship over time. And then the attraction followed from that. What's that one where you, fu- where you get sexually attracted, but only after you kind of like fuck with somebody? Heavy? Demisexual. Demisexual. Yeah. Maybe, that, yeah. maybe he's that one. Yeah. Is that what that is? Right. You thought it was being attracted to Demi Moore, didn't you? Or de- or de- or demigods, you know, like Thor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. That's Hercules. That is demisexual in that way because he does yeah, like you know. Diana and all them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Hercules. Okay, I can see that. Yo, I'm learning so much already. This is this is actually gonna be. You should put all this on your resume. This is actually very useful knowledge in the world. You know what I'm saying? It's a, yeah. it's a transferable put this skills. In chat GPT. You know what I'm saying? Like put that shit. Absolutely. In there when you, you know. Batmology. Batman sexuality. 
<laughs> I am an Special expert in the field of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Topics, topics, topics. Do we got any picks, guys? Hawks going to the Eastern Conference Final. Oh yeah, front lines. Got some front line tickets. Nice. Bet the over, also, bet, bet the over on the Hawks game. Bet the over on the Hawks game. Okay, we'll do. Is that? What's yep. it like when male privilege starts kicking in? Oh, true. Well, I had that one off birth. Oh, but then again, I don't know. Like, well, yeah. Then what do you think? We're not happy. So that's that's a that's a really interesting one. I've actually kind of like moved away from talking about male privilege as male privilege, um, mm. like only because it's so. I don't think it really does the complexity of like gender justice. And there's also the you know the fact that it's like yeah, did I notice a significant amount of male privilege? Absolutely. I'm you know like an able-bodied white guy. Mm. It was it was really like. Bam! Good job. Like, <laughs> yeah. there it is. Um, but you know, for friends of mine who transitioned and you know are black or Latino, they noticed like as soon as they started being perceived as men, they started being perceived as really dangerous. Like suddenly, mm. you know, they're they suddenly they needed to be aware of their safety in a different kind of way than they did before. Um, sure. So you know, just with that uh, caveat, like it's really. The more subtle ways, like the little social interactions um, where it really, really starts to change are like people stop interrupting you as much. Um, I still get interrupted. That's normal. That's conversation. But people will just, if you're being read as female, they speak right over you. They like act like you're not even there. Um, You're always kind of the last person to be asked your opinion in a group conversation. Um, I remember one time one of my cousin's friends came in and, you know, he was greeting everyone in the room and he like shook the hand of every guy, looked at me, did not say anything, did not just looked right, like passed me immediately no after and then finished greeting the men and then kind of looped <laughs> back around to me. It was so weird. Like, Get you at the Barack Obama-like. Yeah, I was and, just thinking about the Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, not man. Okay, and moving on. Yeah, hello, hello. Yeah, hello. it was like lots of that. People who think, uh, people think that they can just kind of touch you. Like they think that they can just, you know, give you a little tickle on the side or something. When you're, like, when you're not perceived your... as a man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yep. They really or like not. to get in your space. Uh, when, or when you're not, not, uh, like when you're being like, when you're, when you're read as a, as a woman, gotcha. people are, gotcha. they, there's just like weird kind of entitlement towards your body. That's really kind gotcha. of weird and creepy. Um, and yeah, all of that went away and it was really, really <laughs> kind of night and day when it did very noticeable yeah it's, it's interesting that you that you pointed out the ways that like being perceived as a man comes yeah because and i and i agree like i've we've talked about this on the pod that i think sometimes some of those buzzwords that were good for the purposes of communicating an idea to other people who understand who already understood the nuance of the idea of what was being described were good but now terms like um male privilege or toxic masculinity don't do a good job of conveying the, the whole all the nuance of it because you add maleness to blackness and you get like you get a recipe for being perceived as dangerous being perceived as a threat that that kind of thing um did you notice any any drawbacks at all or was it mostly just like oh, i'm a white man now this is this is this is actually pretty fucking good this is, i've got all the all the benefits <laughs> or was it like it's like ah oh, fun like thanos with the fucking <laughs> infinity stones like uh, reality is whatever i make it 
I have had a couple moments where I where I like almost just kind of forget a little bit about who I am and I'm like, you know, just when I'm thinking about the mm. world and how it affects other people and you know the things that we need to do to fix that and doing that kind of like thought experiment of like if you take yourself as you are and put yourself in any like past timeline, what does life mm. look like for you? Like what does mm. life look like for the people around you? What what do we need to work on? And I'm like, yeah, so like as a white guy, if I were to go back to oh shit, I'm trans. <laughs> like and I have that <laughs> I'm like yeah if it were the 50s I'd be and then I'm like wait a second <laughs> that's hilarious pump your brakes so I kind of forget inventing a time machine and forgot like whoa buddy slow down it ain't finna be what you it ain't finna be what you think it is <laughs> oh shit yeah that's good <laughs> so it's like so yes and no like yes there are definitely some perks the, the drawbacks um there is, there's this weird attitude towards like, I, I can't even say men in general, I guess I've just observed this, um, this like lack of consideration for the emotional well-being of men and like having people kind of care about my emotional state and then having people just suddenly not care about my emotional state, that was definitely mm. a loss. That was definitely a loss. Um, and then there's that because like, guys a lot of men don't really learn the language and the emotional skills to kind of talk about their feelings so they get frustrated and then when they you know want to be heard they're like my feelings raw and they like kind of mm. freak people out yeah so it gets to the point when you try to bring them up as someone who maybe does have the language who has been working on that there's for people who aren't men their guard is up as soon as they they hear male feelings they're like kind of ready to fight about it and it's uh, that's that's been weird that's been hard to adjust to for sure yeah, I guess it would be a little bit of a like, have you found? So if you're if you're in a position to where you previously when you weren't seen as a man, you had uh, people valuing your emotions in a particular way. Now they don't. But you do have the language to be able to go like, wait, no, I'm a full I'm a full person. I, I without exploding. Do you feel like that results in people like being like, oh, OK, like we can have that conversation or are they still just completely blinded by like, you're a guy. I don't, your emotions are dangerous. If I'm understanding what you just said. I've, I've run into both. I've definitely run into both, but I have run into a lot more um, willingness to listen. Uh, and I think that that comes less from, so I think it comes from the fact that I know what it's like to experience the power imbalance of like an angry man. And like, I'm, I'm not even going to say, cause sure. I was, I, I've said this before, like I was, I was never a woman. I was more like an undercover male agent, <laughs> like living um, in many ways, like being perceived as a woman, but I never like internalized any kind of like idea of myself as female because I'm, because I'm not like that, that I was running the wrong software for the hardware that I have. Let's, let's go with that. Um, so but you never bought into I, the, the way that others perceived you. Like you were aware, okay, they perceive me as this, but I, but it never felt like, oh, that is. It, it was always incongruent. Yeah, it was. It was always. It never, never really fit. So I, so I didn't necessarily have a female experience. Um, so I can't really speak to what it's mm. like to be a woman, fully. Um, sure. Just, just red is one, and so. But I do know what it's like to have to be aware of my safety, being surrounded by people who are generally bigger and stronger than I am. So I do know what it's like to kind of have to. Uh, be responsible within rape culture. I'll, I'll put it that way. And so when a man 
raises his voice and is expressing volatile emotions when you're someone who has like kind of had this training of having to like be on guard and protect yourself and don't don't you know let yourself be victimized mm. because that's how it's usually framed um very kind of victim blamey it's it's really really fucking scary it's like it's really really jarring it's um your guard is really up you're not in a great listening space so of course like if a guy's getting volatile and trying to express his feelings and you're afraid you're not going to hear him because of course not so because i know what it's like to experience that fear I think that like when I'm in a situation where I'm speaking to someone who, you know, isn't a man specifically, I, I kind of know how to mediate myself and my tone so that I can get yeah. through to them and express the fact that I'm like having the struggle and I'm feeling this pain, but without making them feel like at any second I could attack them or hurt them in some way because they've had to be aware of that possibility. Does that feel like a rarity among among guys? Like when you see other men emoting does it feel like are you okay are you catching yourself or are you like starting from because i've caught myself and i think i think probably every guy i've been like look i'm just saying oh fuck okay sorry i feel when you like and you do that catch of like oh fuck i'm being scary like are you catching yourself are you starting from a better spot are you contrasting yourself from the way you see other men expressing themselves or like what does that look like I think little of column A, little of column B. Um, I've definitely okay, had yeah. a couple moments where I, where I'm like, I'm glad I'm like, not, I'm not <laughs> about myself here. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, no. I mean, we're human, right? Like everybody yeah. gets mad. That's that's the other problem with all of these like wild gender that's dynamics true. is that Thank everyone you. everyone gets angry. Um, it's a pretty pretty normal normal human feeling. So no, I I would say that like my and it's it's interesting because when I first was transitioning, I was like as a as a trans man like because. I grew up with the trans experience and so now I have this understanding of masculinity and blah 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 and I think that that's part of it sure but I think it's largely where my understanding of like manhood and what it what a being a good man looks like is actually my dad mm. because when I think about it like all of the masculinity like all of the messaging that I was internaling came from my dad and his dad who are both like patient calm branded like very uh, yeah well my, my grandpa was was a, he was an amazing dude amazing mm. person um never saw him yell at anyone raise his voice get angry in my life he was an incredibly yeah, loved and not dad. because he was like yeah yeah i was i was lucky <laughs> i was i was lucky motherfuckers from world war like one and he was just like oh no yep i'm calm not a problem that's yep. probably because he's yeah. been through some shit like, he made it out <laughs> on the so? other side like <laughs> those are like normally like the best people like the people who have like mm. been through some shit seen some shit and it's like they grow through it and just become an overall better person yeah i like that language to grow through it i think i think yeah some people are confronted with really really awful things and they kind of dig their heels in and then they get stuck there and i get it because i mean trauma sucks it's awful yeah. um but yeah. those people like people who are confronted and as you said grow through it yeah tend to be the most grounded people do you figure uh, that that I mean this this to everybody but do, like do you figure that trauma in general because I'm I'm like a I tend I don't tend to agree with like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger type of th thing I'm like, <coughs> it, it usually just completely fucks you up and makes it difficult for you to live in the world so like some people I think grow through it but I I don't think most people do I think most people end up nightmares from living through some crazy shit. I think I got Venn a diagram. 
I think I, I think I got better at the at the expense and great effort of others, but I think I got better through, through trauma. Like I feel like my trauma uh, traumas made me stronger, but I think that was. I don't think I did that myself. Like, I don't think I pulled mm. myself past that trauma to a point where I feel like I'm okay. Like alone, I think it was at the expense and Herculean efforts of other family members, like my community, like lots of friend groups. Like, I think, I think I was fortunate in that respect. So I do think it made me stronger, but I think that took a lot of heavy lifting from a lot of people and it wasn't just me. You know what? I got something to piggyback on top of that too. Mm. Like Hop on. I, is it that it makes us stronger or is it that it makes us more equipped to deal with this toxic ass society that we live in? Because I went through some traumas. Yeah. Like my big brother traumatized the fuck out of me when I was little, oh. like call me all sorts of shit and just, right. Yeah. Traumatized me. And you but were a little ish. It, it toughened me up. No, I was little. Like I was Yeah. I was little. <laughs> like right. and, didn't have no tools up, to incorporate. Adolescence yeah. and yeah, like, you know, like grow yeah. And but it made me tougher. And now I can't even fucking cry. Like if I if I really need to. Like it's not easy for me to cry if I really like if I really feel the need to. So and I, I just feel, feel like, like it's it prison just, shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, who oh, I'm trying to remember who it was who said and and I'm paraphrasing here but our our job isn't to raise children who are prepared for a cruel tough world but to raise children who will make the world a little cruel and tough in the first place. Um something wait, wait, say that last, the last bit that again. Um, it like a bar, didn't it? <laughs> it did, but wait, but the second but the second part I think I maybe misheard because it sounded wild. What was the what was the um, I said, bit? I said that our, our our job is to raise children who will make the world a little a little less cruel and tough in the first place. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I missed Maybe the I less part. And I was, no, 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 yeah. no. You did. I, I, I might heard, not have I said it. I heard what you heard. I heard what you heard, Eddie, and I was like, I was. Like, I might not have said it. Oh, vicious children. That shit sounded like some, some some Spartan shit. Like our job is not to make children who are capable of withstanding a cruel world. It is to make children who will make a crueler. And that shit's in fucking oh, shit, Machiavelli or some shit. I, I guarantee you. I'm glad you caught that, and it didn't go up like that because, like, if I didn't say less, like that's 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 the uh, that's the operative word. <laughs> you did. I was like, you actually Dan, did. I heard. I heard. Beast. Oh shit. Okay. I heard. I actually heard you. Like. You said it, yeah. but <laughs> I mean, it still could have been a bar. I'm thinking about that. Um, it was. It that, sounded um, good. That Genghis Khan quote that everybody like that, like the soccer players have, like tattooed on oh, them. Like, um, how's it go? And again, I'm paraphrasing, but it's like, mm. um, it's like I am the wrath of heaven. If you had not been so sinful, then heaven would not have sent uh, like a wrath like me upon you. Ooh, mm. I like that. It sounds. It sounds good. Jeez. It That's good. what I'm saying. I might start like, quoting a, a, a what Vince said, but just the wrong. A rapper way, is saying. <laughs> yeah, a rapper is saying both of those things. You know what I'm saying? Oh like, yeah. Yeah, I I, I'm know. trying to make kids that are adding cruelty to this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I thrive off negativity type shit. My children will be destroyers of worlds. Like, oh, all right. My I guess children so. Yeah. Be the realest niggas ever. Yeah. I'm glad I could come on here and spread. <laughs> spread the message of evil. Some positivity. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Thanks. Yeah. Spread the gospel. <laughs> we thought he was a teenage mutant ninja turtle. Turns out he was shredded the whole Jesus. time. Oh shit. <laughs> that would be such a long game. Yeah. <laughs> that would be some that would be some really impressive villain villain level shit. 
I oh, could yeah. I could see somebody just like being like a positive YouTuber for just like so they could wait until they get to a million subscribers to be like, actually, I'm fucking evil. I'm the most alpha male podcaster ever. Okay. And they start. I'm, now I'm going to tell you how I really feel. Oh, it sucks because at any point I could be like, oh, yeah, I'm actually like I made a mistake and I can't detransition. I just have to live like this. And I could like fake, you know, like just just say like I'm not actually trans and I could just lean oh, into God. the conservative grift and make mm. so much money. But the problem is I care about people and I don't lie. So it's, it seems like there's so, so much money in that like and, and I, I definitely don't like fully understand what the fuck is going. like when I look at like a Blair White like that. She seems like somebody that's like super famous in that like like on some pick me trans vibes she's 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 like she's our candace owens okay that's what it seems like that's my that was my understanding so i like that what is the also what is the i'm trying to figure out how she even fits into like the conservative like because it seems like they're like oh yeah come like come on board to say what like how how do they even make that work you know what i mean to go, yeah, the, the, the rhetoric that you're saying that doesn't delegitimize your own identity, but I delegitimizes other people's identity is one that we want to, like, say thumbs up to. I don't know. It's, it's, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. It's honestly kind of parasitic. It's this, mm. like, weird, it's, it's, it's a survival thing. I know it's a survival thing. I know that, you know, people who are otherwise, like, a marginalized person who kind of play into like cis hetero patriarchal white supremacy um are doing so to survive within it um because it's risky to dismantle it like it's risky to try and confront it it's risky to take it on so they would rather be one of the good ones than take that risk with everyone else who is like trying to deconstruct those things off the internet, um, that seems like it makes sense, but on the internet, it seems like it's flipped almost. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it seems like there's money. That's just money. Like yeah. Blair, it's Pearl, yeah. Candace, they're not. They're not like. In, if anything, they're taking a risk the other direction because everybody within the community is like, "Yo, fuck you! You're selling out for money." So it's like it's risky to go that way. But they're just like, "Yeah, I want the clout. Like, I know I can blow the fuck up off this." Well, money and influence are power. So as long as as long as like that's how you get power, then then they're doing fine. Yeah, and they're good with it. Um, what did you What did you mean about because you you obviously you were talking about like a a joke hypothetical of uh, somewhere along your creator career of like where de like if you you said something about detransitioning that I was curious about. What did you say? Oh, just like at any point I could I could say I could say that I'm detransitioning and get like a whole bunch of money and support and publicity. Like I could I could I could mm. very easily do that. To say, um, oh, this whole thing is a mistake, and actually, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Pull the ladder. Maybe like becoming like, like you know, early. Let's say early two thousands atheist YouTuber was like, I've seen the light. I found God, right. and then you could make a whole bunch of money. Right? It'd be kind of like doing true, that. True, true, true. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it also uh, it sounds even better coming from somebody who's like, oh, I be- I believed it, da 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 da, and then you can make just shit tons by being like committed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've seen the other side, and let me tell you, no, it's not a it's not a go um what about that oh my god yeah you really could 
because like our like every we're making the the villain origin story right I now. Know, like we're yeah, giving yeah. him instruction you're, you're, on you're it. You're about we to got you. <laughs> you finna blow up <laughs> after this podcast. We're gonna make you before we get too far from it. I don't think you need to go through trauma to grow. I'm gonna just agree with that before we get too too far away. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's that be immortalized on the internet. <laughs> and you don't need to raise your children to be cruel and vicious, um, but you can. But you don't need to. <laughs> You can't, I'd, I'd recommend not doing it, but like, I mean, I guess you can. Yeah, I'm gonna. Hey, really come on this podcast one time, pieces. and you guys are like, "Here's your villain arc. <laughs> Let's <Yeah>. go." That's, <laughs> that's what we do. I don't know. That's, yeah, <laughs> we try to leave everybody worse off than we found them. Ideally, if we can, that's <laughs> that's part of waving the red flag. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> um, what were you guys say, Josh? Because I was I was gonna make a, a trauma point. Um, I, honestly, I can't even remember. So please. Yeah. Oh, I'm I was so gonna sorry. say. I, no, you About what? Because I, I interrupted. Nah, that's that's the name of the game, baby. That's what he it is. He flexes you know patriarchy on me. You know what I'm saying? He's flexing Damn, he male bring, privilege on you. That white male. Like Operating with the best of them. Now. He got too much. He got too much dick on his chair. He was like, "I'm I'm a white man. My <laughs> power's activated." I do the interrupting <laughs> now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fingo start uh, hitting people with the well, actually, sweetheart, <laughs> like mid conversation. <laughs> um. <laughs> I felt it like in my spine. I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> it's still there." <laughs> um, well, my idea was that like I feel like this like trauma being a way that strengthens you to be able to deal with a world that is likely to give you more trauma or more maybe abuse in that same fashion is like prison. Like it's what prison does, which is like being in prison makes you really good at being in prison. But it does, I don't know if, it, if it's right to say it makes you, like, grow. Like, you'll be, you'll be really good at being in prison, but once you're not. So if you go through trauma, war, neglect, abuse at the hands of others and loved ones, it makes you good at keeping yourself safe when those situations repeat. But it doesn't necessarily make you well-equipped for, like, situations where people aren't attacking you, aren't name-calling you, aren't neglecting you, aren't trying to harm you and shit like that. I think So I, think, I don't know what the answer to that is, but... Yeah. I think I think for me I think I think it's very specific, right? So like okay. I think of I think of like the fact that like my mother was completely hands off and basically was was my mother in you know in name only mm. past like 10 11 like gate like put me in a situation where like I had to figure shit out and I think figuring shit out is is an adaptive trait outside sure. of like the trauma that like emotionally like that left on me. I think the emotional trauma aspect of it is what i spoke on that like i had to kind of deal with with the help of like community and like my sisters and all that kind of stuff like i like in my current state right i don't feel like i, I lacked a maternal figure for example right because you like had I, some yeah like I, I had my sisters like i feel like oh my sisters were that and i and i i think like there's the other aspect of like feeling um at various points in my life even you know shit fairly recently how there's the guilt of like what I took from them and their childhood having to be children, mm. you know, raising another child. But like, I think that the stuff that I got out of it was like, Oh, my mother wouldn't take me to school. And like, I had to have like a three hour martyr trip and like how that like forced me to like, like schedule and like get shit done. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it's more, it's more practical apps than what I think a lot of people like really yeah. consider about like the struggle aspect of it or like money management, time management, um perseverance um working within the system um because i definitely had to do all that shit like so i feel like there's a lot of stuff that i learned in terms of kind of 
the quote-unquote street smarts aspect of what that put me into that I think has a practical application outside of what I think a lot of people think of when they think of trauma, which is usually like the emotional impact of it. And I 100% had that emotional impact, but I think that that's the part that like I had to work within a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of like context to get through. And I think the practical stuff is what strengthened me. Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. If you've gotten if you've got a particular kind of neglect and you have to be strong, that that gives you a bunch of tools to where it's like, yeah, you're 18, 19, but you've got the ability and wherewithal to move through the world like you're, you know, 30 or whatever. Um, I guess my question would just be, do you think that there is anything lost in having to be that? And like, yeah, maybe oh, you're. 100%. you're and so I'm like wondering. I think, yeah. And, not, like and I, think, I don't like just I mean think, like lost yeah. as a child, but like lost to the adult version of yourself if that distinction makes sense to the adult version of me, no to the child me. Yes. Yeah. I think, I yeah. think like there's a lot of stuff that like, I, th I think children should mm. have as much time as they, as they need to be children. Um, and I think a lot of children don't have that time um, for various reasons. Um, so I do think that that's something that you can't get back and that is lost. Um, but I do think that like the adult me like has found ways to semi fill that in. You know what I mean? It's like it's like, mm. you know, it's like certain kind of repairs, right? Like if you like weld something, like it may not be as strong as like the initial cast, but you know, it's welded. I like that. And do you think it's cause when we're talking about Finn's grandfather, we were talking about like well, we were joking obviously, but we're talking about like the war maybe made him see shit in a way that put shit in perspective. Like capability and like empathy gentleness those kinds of things seem like those are kind of almost like different kinds of skill sets do you think that the like the stuff that you went through alvin made you like purely just tougher or did it also make you able to like care for others in a different type of way so i i, I will say that there's a lot of things that like i say i say especially high school because i went to what i would say is probably the more well-to-do um, like black high school, like in, in, in the Atlanta area. Um, so like what I found is that like a lot of times they didn't have empathy for the fact that like, I was like just vastly poorer than a lot of these people. Mm. I mean, like it was, it would be, it would be like, it would be very awkward about like, Oh, well, can't your, can't your family just do this? I'm like, absolutely fucking not. Um, so I do think that I'm a lot more cognizant, um, especially cause like at various points, like I, I've worked with, you know, with people who were poor, I've worked with children. Um, I've been a lot more empathetic in terms of the plight of financial hardship and like what that can do to you and like what that looks like. And also just the, the mm. point where like your pride comes into play. Um, I, I think I can navigate that a little bit better than a lot of people. Cause I've been there. Um, so I do think ultimately that's, that's basically a long winded way of saying that I do think I have a level of empathy in a lot of contexts that I don't think I necessarily would have had otherwise. Mm. And that's the growing through it. That's the growing through it. it. Yeah, that makes sense. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Finn, you uh, before you kind of hinted at something that was like in the topic list of like the men that you looked up to that sort of formed your concept of what masculinity looked like, and it seemed like you were hinting at that that model of masculinity that you got from your dad and your dad's dad was maybe a bit um, uh, progressive. Or a bit, um, yeah, healthier is 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 maybe the idea, and did that like, did that feel yeah, 
I guess, yeah. Just tell me about what that was like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely. No, didn't know how to ask that question, but just tell me your thoughts, your yeah. feelings. What are the vibes? I don't yeah. Right. You want to do, do that one again, Edward? You want to, like, try nah, it? I don't. I don't. Another take? Yeah, fuck it, you know? I don't. Yeah. Nah, I've been recognized as a man since birth, so my emotional uh, skills are terrible. So that's, it's not, uh, no. Something, I did, something I look, that all things considered, I did a pretty good fucking job, honestly. I think. All right, <laughs> give us the vibes. That's that's basically what it. Hit us with the vibes. <laughs> just, just give us your trauma. Like we done done our trauma bits. Like just do, just hit us with some trauma, whatever you know. I mean, I could give you the trauma telling, but to answer to answer like the the, the masculinity question and like kind of what was modeled for me, um, definitely progressive, definitely very like like kind of calm patient very openly loving because i mean it gets back to that whole thing that if if like experiencing trauma prepares you for trauma what is experiencing love do right like mm, um, okay yep the, that's the, good the thing that's good <laughs> the, the the thing the thing about it that i think is you know kind of hitting me more as an adult and i kind of navigate the world is the kind of men that i look up to the kind of men that I have surrounded myself with as peers all meet that archetype that was laid out for me. So it's mm -hmm. not just about me embodying it in myself. It's like, what masculinity do I notice in other people? Because that is what I was taught. Like, this is what being a man looks like. So when mm -hmm. I think of, you know, the men that I admire, the men that I look up to, they all kind of fit into that because it's what it's like, that's the salient image of what a man is to me. Um, which is one of the, I guess, like lesser named benefits of kind of how it was modeled. Is being able to identify it in others and seek community yeah. out that replicates that. Yep. Even like favorite characters yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. Even able to identify like, oh, this is, this is what I already reckon. Oh, what did Alvin just yeah. think of? Hold on. Yeah, what I'm wondering the same. My favorite, my favorite. <laughs> You may have to bleep this one, Eddie, but I'm still going to say okay. it. So, like, my favorite, like, superhero is Tony Stark, and my dad's a recovering drug addict. So, it's mm. just like, oh, just like all that modeling behavior. Is just like, <laughs> You're oh, like, no. oh, I, I did <laughs> oh, not know that about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So sorry. I'm just like, I'm, I'm fucking learning yeah. shit. You see, it's right. <laughs> see, we're, we're all learning tonight. Thank you. <laughs> Man. Oh shit! Also, a very Alvin's dad was able to do this fun. in a cave with a box of crack. Sorry, he was a very <laughs> fun like alcoholic too, like just like Tony. You I, know yeah. what I'm saying? Like he, he, he was, was charming. I bet. Yeah, yeah, he was a very charming alcoholic. You know what I mean? So that's low key oh. pretty true. Pretty much all the men in my family are also very charming drug addicts <laughs> in some way or another. So yeah, and Tony Tony Stark is definitely wow. up there. Tony Stark and my Batman is definitely up there. <laughs> Yours my too? biological dad too yeah like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's crazy very that's, nice that's the thread that's binding us all together that's that's, that's why the we're all we're, yeah, <laughs> trauma bond besties <laughs> yo oh, that's fuck. that's that is hilarious yeah. we all just we all just open up the same thing of alcohol and go like hmm smells like dad it smells like home <laughs> that's, a, that's a band name right there trauma bond besties <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. That might be a that might be the name for our supporters. Ooh, yeah. trauma bond besties. That's yeah. actually pretty good. Yeah. That's actually pretty good. I'll write that down. <laughs> the trauma bound. <laughs> um okay, let's see. Oh, uh, but I did want to kind of like jump into that too because I think that's a really 
a very interesting topic. Like if you really break it down, like who do you get your masculinity from? Like where is that derived from? Like how was that sculpted? Because a lot of the stuff is learned behavior. And for me, I got a lot of um, the masculinity, my coolness from my stepdad. And as much as I was like, yo, my brother traumatized me, like I still got a lot of some of my masculinity, like what I thought was cool from him. Because, like, I I looked up to him, like, you know what I mean? Like, even though, like, I'm like, damn, why this nigga really don't like me at times, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I still looked up to him, and, like, I took things from him that I liked and wanted to incorporate into myself. And, of course, like, and then, you like, you mix that into, like, you know, what you see on TV and also what just feels right within your own self. Because, like, everyone still has their own sense of identity. We're just kind of, like, feeling it and, like, taking, like, different like bits and pieces of what we see and just amalgamating it into our own being like as we grow and evolve mm. do you think you've kept all of those things or like have there been things that you've shed or been like oh actually no i still even though i kind of took this from somebody who kind of hurt me that bit actually is something i want to keep and um <clears throat> cultivate yeah yeah because like i like i said before it's um not tonight but like it's kind of like a supermarket you know like the supermarket analogy like, you go to the store, but you don't buy everything in the store. Like, you don't pick up every single thing you see. You just take what works for you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so I, I keep the parts that work. And through therapy, shed some of the other shit that might have mm-hmm. been done unto me and, like, might have framed my own thinking about myself in a negative way or whatever. You know what I mean? I love that so much because it, it really emphasizes uh, the autonomy in it all. Like, cause I think there, there's, there is this idea of like, you know, what was modeled for me and then you have these cardinal traits and that's like, that's, you know, that's who you are for the rest of your life. And it's just, it's just not true. Even yeah. stuff that you like, that you were exposed to at a really, really, really young age that was really pivotal for you. Like you don't have to keep that. You do not have to keep that if it's not something that works for you. And it also, yeah. you know, emphasizes the fact that every single person you interact with is a complicated human being. Like every single person is going to have really awesome traits that you would love to emulate. And then things, you know, like Tony Stark's a great example. In fact, I think superheroes in general tend to draw people in because they're so flawed. Um, Because, you know, they have these incredible abilities and we really look up to them. And it's like, wow, imagine if I could do that. But then they're made human again by all of these incredibly just like human characteristics, their mistakes, their flaws, the things that they struggle with. Um, Yeah. I like that. I like. I, sorry, I just. I, I like that kind of nuanced take on on being a person and keeping what works and discarding uh, what is harmful. And Finn like did a that video. Um, uh, let me. I forget the name of it because my memory is trash. Eddie, help me out. Some some about dudes. I don't even remember what the fuck. It was. Some <laughs> something about, about dudes. Some is. It was some dude shit. It was. Um, hold on. <laughs> about the dude. Won't some. Um, you some know what? It, it's kind of like it was about skateboarding or <laughs> like like. It just, well, kind like, of in a way. I mean, in a way, everything is about skateboarding. In a way, well, yeah. It's actually lifting, kind of a. List. They were lifting weights, like you know, surfing, <laughs> pumping like, iron. That was shit. a red pill on the beach somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> it was girls, it was, babes it was, everywhere. We're shooting guns, just smoking cigars. Just some dude stuff. That's how you should start all your videos, Finn. Just like crazy rock metal music. Yeah, right. On some Dan Bilzerian shit. (laughs) Smoking a cigar. Welcome to the dude cast. It's fantastic, Mr. Fox. We're raising kids for cruelty. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Your villain villain arc is about to be fully fleshed out by 
Oh man, we make it. Discord. We make it all his t- his masculinity toxic. I'm Fantastic, sorry. Mr. Fox. After dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah there you go. Or uncut. <laughs> oh shit, that's good. It was. It was. It won't was somebody think of the detour. men. Yes, won't somebody think of the men while the manosphere design to feel like? Yeah, I really, really loved your takes in that video. Um, because for one, like it's very nuanced, and to bring attention that yes. Cause okay, I got so much, I got so many thoughts around it, but it was so many bars in that one. I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna, like the first seven minutes was crazy. Yeah, yeah, because even the intro was like, ladies, I'm sorry, but if you know if you feel like you know triggered or if like something things don't don't skip resonate to the end. with you, <laughs> skip to the end. But it's also not for you, like, and that's because like you, you, of course, you don't understand because you haven't. Like it, it's such a it's such a peculiar place to place to be in when you understand the damage that men have done to women to the LGBTQ committee, cis, cis men have done to everybody, whatever. You understand that damage, but at the same time, we also need to speak to those men and heal these men ourselves also because we're still operating on the same planet, interacting with all the same people. And when you do try to help and speak life into this group of cis men who are perceived as like you know just evil like or these are my oppressors these are my abusers these are the people that hurt me on a day-to-day basis these are the people that some harassing me every day you get a lot of flack for it you open yourself up to receive flack but you have to have those conversations because like if we don't have those conversations we're not creating an actual healthy space for these men to grow into and or to create better human beings yeah. Right. They're not going anywhere and they're just going to keep on getting funneled into like, you know, the quote unquote, the red pill, like the more toxic, the more misogynistic shit, you know, like all oh, these modern bitches, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? All that, all that rhetoric. So, yeah, just to commend you on on what I what I saw from that, from, from the work that you're doing. So appreciated that. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. And I, I appreciate that that came across because I have, you know, talking about this stuff, there is, and, and I, I understand where it comes from when, when people react and they're like, yeah. you know, you're putting it, you're putting it on like the oppressed to like educate their oppressors. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm putting it on a community to recognize that everyone is part of it. Like it's, it's mm. more that. And so it's not, you don't have to engage with anyone who has hurt you at any point ever. Like you don't, you're not obligated to do that, but it's like, you know, I don't know random analogy maybe maybe this will help if you if you buy a house and you walk in and it needs a whole lot of work are you just gonna stand there like well you know the people who had this house before me are the ones who smashed it up and made a mess so like this isn't my problem like no you live there now you gotta clean it up like if you want to live in a nice space you're gonna have to put the work in even if it's not your fault that it's shitty in the first place oh my god (laughs) the the analogy i always use is like we're all in a burning house together and people are arguing about like who like whose parents set the fire and we're like saying to the fire department, no, don't don't come in. Or the fire department can't find the f- the fucking fire hydrant, and we know where it is. And we're like, no, I'm not gonna tell you. You should know. You're the you're the fire people, aren't yeah. you? It's like, oh man, we're burning alive. Like, well, come on. I, I think I think my only thing with that is that I ultimately agree. I just think that a lot of people over-index on the internet when they say that kind of stuff. And- and like disregard the the okay. history of the fact that despite the fact that there's this like internet rhetoric of like exact exactly what I said like if I go on TikTok right now yes and 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 somebody has this conversation and and and, and it's a woman it's going to be exactly what Josh said it's going to be a lot of comments about like 
oh, you're you're you, you care too much about your oppressor, that kind of situation. And it's like I can just think of so much historical context where like women have like tried to do the work to fix to fix men. They have done yep. the work to try to fix men that were literally their abusers. I'm thinking about like how the women of the Black Panther Party like protected them through sure. all this bullshit. Yeah. I'm thinking about like I, I and, and, and when I hear that kind of stuff, the the one thing like recently, because the way the way she's handled it has like I think I think has been like heartbreaking to me because I think she's been so powerful throughout the whole situation. It's like FKA Twigs mm. and Shia LaBeouf situation, right? Mm. And I know, and I know that's still going on. But like the fact that she was like, "We don't even have to get into this. We don't even have to like put this out there. I want you to get help. If you go get help, we don't have it to." It ain't even court. about is me. A, yeah, is a is effectively what she said, right? And like this motherfucker was like, "No, nah, I'm just not gonna do that shit." You know what I mean? So I, 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 I think, that. yeah, I think, I think, I think we have this thing where we over index on like well nobody cares about the men where it's like no motherfucker yeah. like we have decades and decades and decades and decades and decades and decades of of Millennium. like history that says that the oppressed have put the men <laughs> like in situations to like do this and like men have like said like no I'm just not gonna do that shit in a, in a lot of cases now where I find solidarity with the point is that ultimately, like, I think that we have strayed away from that kind of thinking in probably the last 20 years. And I think in, say, the last 20 years is what's probably been most needed, right? Like, I know, like, the conversation we had with the Suburban Boys, for me, was, like, was like very eye-opening, right? Like, we have, like, a lot of, like, guys who, like, have not been socialized in the same way. So, like, mm -hmm. a lot of where they're getting their socialization is the Internet, right? So, like, they don't have, like, this counterbalance on, like, you know, the historical context and, like, the real-world interactions at the same measure that even younger millennials um, would have. So I do think that it's an, an important conversation. I just think that we need to be very careful on how heavily we index on what the Internet is saying before we disrespect the fact that, like, women have 100%. Women and other men, I want to point that out, too, have historically like done this work um, but I do think that the game has changed now so I think we need to change with the game and the irony the irony of it all is that this work is detailed in feminist scholars writings like yes. it's it's like that's where it is and you can see it and feminism has always been doing this for men and that's what's so what's so frustrating about this because I recognize that like as soon as you use the word feminism these guys are out like they they, mm. they they don't want to listen. They're like, oh no, feminism. Like they they hate men, and they, and it goes back to uh, that that TikTok that you sent that you sent along, Eddie. The um, uh, the cultural hegemony. Like obviously, you know, it's talking about it from like a capitalist uh, perspective. Sure. But of course, all of those things are intertwined. This whole idea that the people in power who have the power create this idea of like a a culture of common sense that benefits them. Um, and, and, and I think that it goes back to that. It goes back to this idea because like, there are so many ways that we're not talking about men, but there are so many ways that we are. There's so many ways that we're focused on men. And there are so many, like you were saying, decades and decades and decades of, of like women doing that work of women making that space tirelessly, constantly, and guys continuing to turn away. And I think that it just, it's where we're going to see the shift. I, I hope is creating an idea of masculinity like an idea of manhood that involves admitting when you're wrong that involves listening to other people like you have to to write into what it is to be a man the you have to 
smash the barriers that are stopping guys. Yeah, like you have to stop guys from from this idea that like misogyny is integral to manhood. That being really (laughs) self-assured is integral to manhood. You have to get rid of those things. It's like, I mean, I know FD Signifier has talked about it before that he's had guys be like, well, I really love your channel. I really love your advice. But like, could you maybe just like be shittier to women? It, I'd find that, I'd find it like more admirable if you were just like worse. <laughs> you like, could just right. add some more yeah. hating bitches into this. It would just really make everything pop a lot more. We just need some seasoning on this. Just add a rap <laughs> song to the beginning, you know what I mean? Like, just, I don't know. <laughs> some A-Ball and MJG at the front of it would really set this channel off, buddy. Let me tell you. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I think I... I think I disagree. I think I disagree a little bit with, and I don't want to spend much time on this because I want to focus on the productive part of where I do agree. But I think there's a difference between saying that the theoretical framework for helping men exists strongly in feminist literature. I think that there's a lot of truth to that. I think there's a big difference between saying that and claiming that a movement that has some has had some amount of like push or power has existed for for a substantial amount of time. I think that those things aren't exactly the same. But before I even get like y'all's pushback on that, I think my the thing that I would agree on is I don't even think we need to make it about like can we get women and non-men to like ride for men in this conversation? Like I don't even think that's necessarily the starting point. I think we got to show up for men, which is like can we together take critical analysis and figure out ways to make a masculinity that can integrate with non-masculinity that can integrate with women with non-men and us do that work like nobody cares about men cool let's let's start doing that let's not like the 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 beginning of that conversation is not how can women even if women participate in it in romantic relationships and heteronormative relationships cool let's start it here like that's what i always try and just as best as i can be like in friendships and shit like immediately start with like how can i be there for the homies how can i be emotionally supportive how can i even like sometimes even to a cartoonish extent of like just double double triple checking where possible still improvements to be had but that's where it I starts think, so we don't need to have a conversation issue. about what's women's role i think my issue with that is not and and the reason why i frame it with women is because that's often the framework but even in the framework of like nobody's there for me and i think my biggest issue is that like that is not true historically people are there for men if it has if, if we want to put it in the context of women there's that ample evidence to say there's ample there's ample evidence to say again i just, okay. I just gave you like i just gave you examples anyway, all of those felt but very, like yeah sorry go ahead yeah I, no, no, I, no, I, no, <laughs> no i get you segment. i get you we can yeah. we can we can we can we can still disagree because like even even like being there for somebody is like subjective you know what i mean so mm-hmm. i i 100 am open to like disagreement with that but like this whole where i find disagreement with you said is like nobody's there for men i think people have been there for men i think men have like scorned a lot of really valid like critique and criticism due to not being open due to the fact much as like um fantastic mr fox said like there's just these (laughs) ideas of masculinity that like you have to 100 percent be self-assured all the time and you can't acknowledge that you're wrong and i think a lot of that has roots in the patriarchy but where I find solidarity with you is that like, I think if I'm saying that men aren't there for themselves, how can we get men to be there for themselves? Because that's ultimately what I think it is. I think, I think men are not there for themselves. So how can we help men and guide men along being there for themselves? Because people have been there for men. If like we talk, if we talk to some, to some motherfuckers like off the internet, 
on like who's been the most like integral part of their lives. They got something, they got somebody that's been there for them, whether it's been a friend, whether it's been a sister, whether it's been a mother, yeah. whether it's They're been a enough. grandma. Like, nah, hold on, hold on. Nah, now, now we're bullshitting. Nah, 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 sorry. Like, let's get into some, some disagreement here because I think integral to some of the things that- We're, we're going to uh, disagree. Yeah, no, for sure. That, that some of the things that were integral to Finn's point is that I don't think we have historically ever fully recognized men as emotionally full beings who are capable of vulnerability and who need emotional support. There's lots of reasons that are the fault of men. Like there are ways that, like how you were talking about, men's anger can be so dysregulated and so scary that people don't want to touch it. And for good reason, it can be dangerous, but it extends far beyond that. I think there are so many people who, mothers to their sons, parents to their sons, people in relationships where they do not um, provide space for men to exist as anything other than uh, emotionally amputated humans. And I think that's always been the case. And it, it has almost never not been the case. So I got to call big cap on, on unless I'm yeah, misunderstanding I, I, parts of what you mean. Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is like, that may be like a societal standpoint. It's somebody in your life that's been, that allows you to like cry on their shoulder. Okay. Okay. Then let me, then let me make a distinction in what I was saying, because maybe yep. what we're saying isn't incompatible with one another. I'm not saying, and I don't think anybody is saying like, no one is ever there for any men. I think the point is more so that the minimum standard for a group being emotionally supported in the way that we should hope for people of all gender, let's say, for instance, women to be supported, has not been extended to men and should be among ourselves uh, first is part of my point. I think I think I think that's fair. And I think and I think that a lot of that is due to blocking, not due to not solely or even predominantly due to societal like factors impressed upon men i think some of it is like men doing it to themselves and that's why i think that where i find solidarity is how can we get men to be there for themselves i would only just say that like men are not genetically out of the womb emotionally mutilated that's a thing that happens through socialization so i think it you can't draw a clean line between what society does and what men do to themselves that's fair i mean and then but that in and of itself gets complicated i mean i pulled up a shit ton of studies for this but um yeah okay fair yeah that in and of itself gets complicated yeah well I definitely nope <laughs> yeah you said definitely that sounds like you're about to say something good go <laughs> i alvin is 100 percent correct like both of y'all are very correct. That's, I think y'all came to like a pretty good mutual ground on that because, for one, men, we have to start with ourselves, and men need to make it perfectly acceptable to express your full range of emotions and also mm. provide support and guidance and tutelage and mentorship through that mm. to young men or even as fucking grown men who, you know, yeah, yeah. might be well, a little bit late in the yeah. game, you know what I mean? Absolutely. But we, we have to be there for each other in a very positive, healthy way first. And then, so that's, but that's where Alvin was um, kind of getting at. Well, Eddie was getting at in terms of like the socialization because we don't, we, it's not like that. Like you'll get clowned, you'll get joned on, you'll get roasted. 
Mm. Or just like it's just not you acceptable. You have to survive. Yeah. Yeah, you have to survive. Like you gotta be tough. Like don't nobody wanna see that shit. Like, don't nobody wanna see you crying. Like don't nobody wanna see you being weak. <laughs> don't nobody wanna see you goddamn like you know what I'm saying? Like oh, not standing up for yourself. Shit. All right, yeah, sorry like, guys. Ugh. Like, you know. And then and then when you think of how the women react to that because they are being brought up in the same toxic ass right. environment they that live we in are. The same wor- world as us, yeah. In the same houses. They're being brought up in the same houses. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So they're learning the same shit. And it's just, um, I think that that notion of when men outwardly say this, and it's a cry for help, it's a legit cry for help when they say, no one gives a fuck about men. It's because, societally speaking, motherfuckers don't really give a fuck about what you got going on. But like Alvin said, of course you got people that you can lean on, but it's not something societally, it's not just acceptable to just go outside and just be crying and like have somebody be like, hey, buddy, what's going on? You know, no, you're, you're good enough. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's... That's not going to happen, like, you know. So, yeah. At the end of the day, we got to drink that good old uh, that good old fight milk and come together. Oh, okay. What is fight milk? Yeah. Always Sunny in Philadelphia reference. I thought, okay, see, because I thought it sounded, like, I thought it was, but then I was like, that also sounds like a real thing. Like, that sounds like something a podcast would be. be sponsored by. <laughs> that was the one where they had the- <laughs> This is actually an ad read. This is actually an ad read. Sp- <laughs> Waving the red flag, sponsored by Fight Milk. <laughs> Put it in your mouth. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, we definitely got to get some sponsors. Um, okay, I think we'll close it out here. Any um, Any closing remarks? uh finn or any ideas you'd like to to share before i go into my exceptional outro only because only because i like made a little short specifically about it today i think like some of what was being described here i i was referring to it for lack of a better description as men get a lot of quantitative attention they don't get a lot of qualitative attention Mm. okay um and so people who aren't men see men getting lots of attention and they're like why do you have these problems you've got all of this attention but guys aren't necessarily getting the quality of attention that they need and they don't have the language to ask for it or describe it and i think that what what's frustrating is this idea of like being a man and masculinity and what that looks like impairs the ability to recognize quality attention it impairs the ability to acknowledge those mm. things and i think you know some of what, what alvin was describing these examples that we have are women saying try this this is what you need and because it's at conflict with being a man guys have been like nah i'm good none for me thanks it's that. kind of what i was getting from that yeah 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 you just fuck alvin's whole world up i seen it <laughs> seen this man's whole mind explode just then um yeah, and I like that. A, I like that a lot because it does you, feel like. Are you muted, Alvin? Oh wait, is he? Maybe. Oh, oh no, he, yeah. I can hear you. But no, Your I, I was just saying that was very good. That, that was very good. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a lot to think about. Because it does feel like a bit of a catch twenty two that men are in this position where they are not well equipped to be able to properly articulate their like the nature of what's going on, what they need, why it's different than what is being given to them, etc., and they end up articulating it in ways that sound a lot like not like dangerous nonsense and then so it's like you're in it's, it's like you're in this weird conversation where you're needing the other person to like the person that's meant to be listening to you also kind of has to have talk for you because you don't even understand what the fuck you're trying to say and i feel like a lot of yeah. men don't even understand 
well, they have a feeling, but they have no idea how to even oh, say yeah. what the fuck they're even talking about. So other people have to do all of this heavy emotional lifting and labor, which is to Alvin's point, to even start the fucking conversation, which is very frustrating and, and uh, exhausting. It's, dare I say, honestly, if you're looking for that, you may be waving a red flag. But at the same time, um, if you're Batman, you know, out on the hunt, somebody's trying to fuck you, might be you just waving a red flag because uh, you're, not, you're not into that. You know what I mean? That's, that's what it is. That was pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's been Wave of the Red Flag Podcast. <laughs> it's been Eddie, Alvin, uh, Josh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Join us on Patreon. Subscribe. Like, turn on the bell so you get the notification. And uh, where can the people find you, Mr. Fox? Yeah, so I am, uh, I used to be on Twitter, but I'm not anymore. Um, I saw. Mostly... Yeah, you, just, you just abandoned us, bro. I, I did. Yeah. I just disappeared. Mid you did kind of announce. You you announced it with a tweet. I saw that. Th- that's true. Yeah. Oh, the, the um, way yeah, he said I'm, it was uh, just like, yo, you, you got ran out of Twitter or some shit. Like they just banned his account or something. It's like <laughs> they used to be on Twitter, but they weren't ready for the truth. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, the things I could say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Say them. Sticking to the YouTube place these days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm not ready to start to start to. I I need to drink more fight milk before I take Elon okay. on. Uh, got um, it. Okay. Only because only because of financial barriers. I think I think like you know physically I've probably got the edge. But uh, you can but fuck these days, okay. you can find me on YouTube, <laughs> Fantastic Mr. Fox, um, where I talk about masculinity, gender things. Um, I, for whatever reason, my most recent video was more on stoicism. So you know, check it out mm. if that's your thing. Yeah, people people love the stoic shit. I do think that that is. That's why they. That's why the people love Alvin. You know what I'm saying? What does he feel? What does he think? We have to know. We love him. Anytime he talks, though. Well, you love us. Anytime he talks, it's so good, so straightforward, (laughs) factual, feministic. We love him. It's powerful. I I, I am a radical feminist. That's 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 my character on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that's you have been characterized as such. Yeah. I do think I do think I find stoicism as part of a masculine. Yeah, I, I wonder if maybe I shouldn't, but I think that definitely is part of like what I imagine is part of masculinity. You know? Mm. Yeah. You're gonna you're, you're gonna get me you're gonna get me talking again, and we're trying to we're trying to wrap things no. up. But you're gonna get me talking. Again. <laughs> well, that's all right. This is this is just gonna be going over the credits. <laughs> stoicism involves a lot of recognition of emotion. That's like. At its core, mm, okay. you have to recognize the emotions if you're going to let them go, right? <laughs> Just How you feel about that, Alvin? How you yeah. feel about that one? <laughs> so, 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 I actually read the. Um... Actually, I have yeah, a study to. <laughs> no, a study, a study to support it. So, like, it's actually like um, uh, no something that kind of flies in the face of like conventional logic, which was that um, psychopaths don't have an understanding of emotion. But they were like, if they have to navigate a place where they're being manipulative of people's emotions, they have to have a profound understanding of emotion yep. was, is, mm. is effectively what like the study was doing. And I immediately, you know, read that and was like, Eddie, the mother <laughs> understands. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Absolutely. He got to because I was finna, I was finna say you related to it, but you got you, you got me before I got you. That well done. Good. Well done, that sir. <laughs> that was perfect timing, actually. And I read that and I thought to myself, you know, with no pause, 
Edward. <laughs> I got him. We got him, ladies and gentlemen. We caught him red-handed. Oh, shit. It seems like with psychopaths, though, you have to, like, do they, based on your understanding, have, like, an understanding of the internal world, or are they just responding to the outside expression of other people's emotions, you know? Uh, 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 the latter more so than the former. Yeah, okay. True. All right, well, that's been the pod. All right, cool. Let's, let's oh, stop these recordings. Yo, no, oh, yo, no, bro, bro. Oh, wait, oh, what I forget? Cop the merch. Cop them, yeah, yes. Uh, yo, we park, got a whole the, store, the, loaded broccoli. see what they, you know what I'm saying? Come on, push them together. There we go. Yeah, there we go. That's hot stuff. Look at that. Yeah, baby. It's loaded broccoli, baby, you know? Give it to them. What it is, uh, mm, mm, mm. You want to be the healthy option while also providing that spice, that excitement for your partner. Mm. Just don't, you know, don't just be broccoli and don't be loaded french fries. You know, you can marry the two. You can be a Fiber, nuanced, healthy partner. Seasoning. Yes. Seasoning. Healthy fats. You can be all yes. of those things. All of that. And provide. Of being loaded broccoli. Spice up your loved one's lives, baby. Link in the bio. You know what I'm saying? Use uh, discount code Fight Milk. For ten percent off on the loaded broccoli hoodie. There's there's no discount code as of yet, but um, if, if you <laughs> that's, <laughs> right. that's not real. That's not real. <laughs> that's not real. Full retail. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna stop the recording now. <laughs>